fellow adventurers, I'm Josie Thompson and welcome to You Can Shine podcast where I explore real stories of real people just like you and me who have faced adversities and won. Today I'm here with Julie Woods. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. I first met the vivacious Julie Woods back in 2008 in Queenstown, New Zealand when I was keynoting at a coaching conference and we immediately hit it off. We shared a conversation that still today inspires me to witness what Julie has gone on to do. Julie Woods went blind in 1997 and she thought her life had ended, but little did she realise it had only just begun. She's known as that blind woman and has since carved herself a career as an author, professional speaker and coach. Julie's been a single blind parent. She has a mission to walk every street in her home city of Dunedin in New Zealand. And she's also visited the seven wonders of the world. There's just no stopping this woman. Julie is partner to Ron and also mother to Zachary and Sebastian. And a fun fact about Julie is that she refereed a nude touch rugby match in New Zealand. Oh, my God. Welcome, Julie Woods. Kia Josie and um, Kia listeners. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. How can I top that? My goodness. <laughs> I'd like to hear, you know. So, Julie, <laughs> I've done a bit of a rundown, all right, on some of your career highlights, if you like. But tell us your real story, the story of adversity that Julie Woods has survived and grown through, and how were they formative for you? They say the best part of your story is when it changes, and I guess for me that was at the beginning of 1997 when I was 31 years of age and noticed the vinyl in our bathroom shimmering that shimmering um, spread to a haze and to a blob. And within three months, I lost most of my remaining vision. That took me down to Dunedin Public Hospital, where I sat in the waiting room and wondered what was going to become of me. I was married with two boys uh, who were three and one at that stage. And that day, um, on the 27th of March, 1997, as I have recorded it, um, was the day that I was declared legally blind due to a condition called inflammation of the retina. Mm. I felt powerless um, and overwhelmed, and I had no idea of how I was going to cope, Josie. And really, that was such, it was the bottom, I guess. Wow, I mean, that, that's massive, you know, like being, you know, in the prime of your, your, your life, really, with two littlies. And so just out of the blue, you have this weird sensation visually, and then it gets diagnosed as something quite, quite significant like this. Is this something that ran in the family, or was this just totally left field for you, Julie? was pretty left field, although I had been partially sighted for 13 years and I had a condition called juvenile macular degeneration, which took away my central vision and, and made everything blurry. 
and I had um, adapted to partial sight. But the one thing that going blind did for me, Josie, was that it moved me towards a group of people who were now like me. And mm. while I was partially sighted for 13 years, I didn't belong anywhere. I didn't belong in the world of the sighted and I didn't belong in the world of the blind. And when I went blind, I uh, went to an organisation that was there to support blind people. And in New Zealand, that organisation is called Blind Low Vision NZ. And when I walked through that door, there was an organisation that where it was okay not to see. And they were going to teach me how to do things in different ways. And not only teach me, but expose me to other blind people and to be with other people who are now like me. And that that was that was really inspiring. So you've lost your vision. You're feeling isolated because now this sense of your whole reality has totally changed. And it can it, it actually leads you to a new space where this opportunity opens up. And how significant was that for you to have that sense of sameness or belonging? Well, it was absolutely huge um, because it gave me support. Um, it gave me guidance. It's taught me so many new things and how to learn how to do things in new ways. I was trapped in a body that felt like it didn't work because I couldn't see anything. I, my old ways of doing things no longer served me and I had to learn how to do things with my other senses. I had to learn how to smell, hear, taste and touch and to receive information through my other senses mm. and, and learn to um, rely on them and to use them to do things. So what was the biggest challenge? Like, was it actually a physical challenge or was there something deeper? I think the big challenge really was to, I'm going to say switch my focus, but to focus on what I could do and not what I couldn't do. Mm. So while I could no longer see, I could still smell, hear, taste and touch. And that was the thing that got me moving because there were so many obstacles and so many barriers and so many things I couldn't do. Thinking and focusing on that was not going to get me anywhere. Mm. I had to switch into, I can't read with my eyes, but I can read with my ears. Mm. And, and, and that began with me starting to listen to talking books. Um, I can't read with my eyes but I can read with my fingers. Mm. And then I learned to read Braille. It was that constant question of what can I do mm. when things that came into my mind about what I couldn't do, it was always came back to what can I do. Mm. And how hard or easy was that for you to make that switch? I mean, what did you have to let go of? I guess I had to let go of convention, doing things in, I'll say, the normal way, the way that I was used to doing them. Mm. And I had to embrace doing it this new way. Mm. Yeah. 
was there any like um bitterness was there like the why me why is this happening you know and how did you switch your focus on all of that because I'm sure that that's something that would definitely come up if this happened to me oh well I know I remember thinking why me and then I the next minute I thought why not me because lots of people have stuff Josie Mm. it's just that we we don't think about other people going through their stuff when we're Mm. going through our stuff Mm. and yeah I really quickly um shifted into why not me and one of the other things that really got me off the couch was one of my core values is action Mm. and for me taking action um, helps me move through those negative feelings if I can do something then I will and I guess that's why that question what can I do for me is so important because Mm. I like to get into action I feel like I'm I'm in control when I'm taking charge and I can do something. It doesn't matter what it is, but just do something. Mm. So how did the world around you respond to this change? Because it's like you had a massive adjustment here and you really did switch focus literally, you know, through senses and through in your whole life. How did your world respond? Well, the boys were three and one. And I was their mother, and my mother always says, must is a great master. Uh, They must eat, I must cook. That was kind of how it went, and the expectation that I would carry on and do things, whether it was um, set upon me or I set it for myself, that was what I was going to do. Mm. I was their mother. I was, the kitchen was my castle, really. Um, in the early days because I was used to cooking Mm. and I like cooking Um, so that was really where my rehabilitation began and everybody else followed once again it came back to me taking action if I took action and did something then everybody else just fell into line and and followed along if I was okay they were okay Mm. so you really wanted to adapt you really wanted to create an opportunity of this adversity rather than sit in the shock I guess um, or or the fear of this new reality well the paralysis of that of that it it was not appealing to me I didn't Mm. I didn't want to be stuck I didn't want to be sitting there I just felt that getting on and doing something whether that was learning how to pour a cup of tea or to butter a piece of bread and put jam on it Mm. you know it's learning abc learning to read again it seemed like I was going back to primary school Mm. and that felt backwards but I had to take that backward step in order to be able to move forward and to do these things in different Mm. ways yeah I remember the conversation that we had in 2008 do you remember it no <laughs> okay I'll refresh your memory we, <laughs> thinking, we oh my goodness what is yeah. that so I got back to Brisbane and we we set up a call and you said to me Josie I want to get on stage and I want to start doing public speaking and I want to do all this stuff but I'm a blind woman and I, I was looking at you and I was like yeah and, and you go, <laughs> well, well I'm a blind woman I'm like and I said you're not the blind person here and you were just like 
Uh, let me think about that statement. I said, there are a lot of people that you'll be talking to who are blind to the opportunities that you've seized to create a more flourishing reality. So whether you can physically see or not has nothing to do with that capacity to, like you say, switch your focus. And I remember the deafening silence and you went, oh, I get it. I get it. And look at you now. <laughs> I think one of the important uh, lessons, along with the ones you've given me, <laughs> um, was when I got asked by a recreation advisor to go cross-country skiing. And I thought, oh, cross-country skiing, that sounds really dangerous. Something might happen to me, might fall over. You know, going away with a bunch of blind people, that sounds a little bit random. And I politely declined. Mm. Um, and I went home and I sat on the couch that night and I thought, you stupid woman, what kind of blind person are you going to make if you turn down opportunities that come your way? Mm. And I decided right there on that couch at that moment that rather than say no to opportunities that came my way, I would say, why not? And wow. It's been, it's been a response that has taken me to many places uh, to learn many things, to meet many people, and just to have the opportunity um, to create new experiences. Mm, mm. So what would you say have been the biggest, I'm going to call it insights, okay? The biggest insights that you've had about this whole experience so far? What have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about life? I wrote a book in 2009 called How to Make a Silver Lining, Eight Keys for Adapting to Extraordinary Change. Mm. And they, they still are with me. Um, ask for help. Find peer support. Write your own rules. Set goals. Find your own solutions. Laugh at yourself. Try something once and tell your story. Mm. And there are things that I've done um, since I went blind, and they have helped me adapt to my own change. And they keep cropping up, Josie, all the time, even now, mm. um, 26 years later, asking mm. for help. I consider not an act of dependence, but the key to my independence. Mm. Um, finding others like me were just knowing that you're not alone. I think that's really important when you go through such big change. If you can find other people who are like you and you start to look at the lives that they're living or the things that they're doing and think, oh, I didn't know that a blind person could mow a lawn. Mm. Oh, with one shoe on and one shoe off. <laughs> hmm, maybe I could do that. Wow, just the thought of that scares me. I'd probably <laughs> chop my toes off or something. <laughs> well, he hasn't yet. Oh, that's good. So, Julie, what, how have you surprised yourself? Hmm, that's a great question. I have surprised myself by getting out of my comfort zone. Hmm. And, yeah, it, doing things that I would have said no to in the past. Um, that I know now to push that fear and ignorance aside and to say why not and to just go out and do it. Mm. 
beautiful oh my goodness you're amazing and that really um I don't let fear stop me Mm. (laughs) I don't let fear stop me anymore JC and I guess that's um how I've surprised myself because it it wasn't always my natural way of being a why not moment has has really changed my life wow Julie are there any final kind of pearls of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today I'm a great fan of Helen Keller and she wrote many amazing things about happiness and and life and learning and she wrote security is mostly a superstition it does does not exist in nature life is either a daring adventure or nothing Mm. I think I encourage people to say why not to a daring adventure that comes their way Wow, that's so beautiful, Julie. Thank you. If people want to connect with you or know more about you, where can I direct them? They can find me, Julie Woods, on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, yep. or they can go to thatblindwoman.co.nz, my website. Beautiful. I'll put that in the show notes. What an inspiration and true light you are in the world, Julie. You've shown us that no matter what the circumstances, you can rise and shine again. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Josie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Now, if Julie Woods can do it, so can you. If you like this podcast, share your comments with us below and tell us what you loved about it. And also share it with your friends and share the joy so they too can rise and shine. So until next time, remember, it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond that counts. Shine on.